Welcome to the Business with Bordeaux podcast, where we're bringing basic business tips to entrepreneurs and the future leaders of tomorrow. Let's get down to business. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Business with Bordeaux podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in this week. It's a wonderful week. This is the week we celebrate uh, the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, About 99.9% of you listening probably already do know that I am a Christian, and uh, part of the reason to be doing the show is to promote other Christian businesses and also to be able to provide business tips and advice for anybody out there who is interested in getting started in business or starting their own entrepreneurial journey uh, or side hustle. And so, you know, just being a part of the body, that's, you know, kind of one of my purposes I feel like I'm put here for. And so we celebrate that this week. I hope everybody out there had a great Easter or Resurrection Sunday whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, I'm not too picky about whatever it's called, but some people do uh, have feeling towards the word Easter, but I digress. Welcome back to the show this week. Uh, have a good interview with Mr. Day Lee. He is an artist. Uh, he's also a designer and we talk about, uh, his journey going through his career and being an entrepreneur and what it takes for him to kind of make sure he's making a living, doing what he's passionate about, and uh, and how he got started and all of that stuff. He's actually a, a, a Grammy winner. Uh, he did a couple songs for The Truth that won a Grammy. So, uh, you know, he's very familiar with Christian hip hop in the business realm as well. And we do talk about that some. So make sure you stay tuned. Before we jump into the interview, I do want you to make sure you check out uh, the patrons for the show, Mr. Aaron Simpkins at TrueStrengthApparel.com. Uh, make sure you go support what he's got going on. He's got some great t shirts. And, uh, and I think he's got some more stuff coming pretty soon. But. Go and get yourself a Stay Strong t-shirt. Uh, that's probably going to be the next one I pick up. So anyway, uh, truestrengthapparel.com. Also, Mr. Prophet Josiah. He just dropped a brand new single called My God is Dope. You can go check that out and go to his website, prophetjosiah.com. And Mr. LT. Um, he got uh, he released a, a single a, little, a couple weeks ago called For the Culture. And you can look him up on YouTube at l.t.music. LT Music, and uh, and make sure you support him as well. All three of those are patrons for the show, and I, I appreciate that. And so if you want to show your support for those who uh, are putting some uh, financial resources into the show, please do that and go check them out. And uh, anyway, so uh, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump into this interview with Mr. Day Lee. Welcome back to another interview here on the Business with Bordeaux podcast. This week, I have an artist that, uh, well, he's a He's a producer, an artist, an entrepreneur. Uh, I came across through him uh, through Track Stars, and uh, we decided to get him on the show because there's a lot of stuff that he's got going on, and I know uh, his experiences will be able to help other people out there in their journeys as well. Uh, you may have heard of, but I have with me Mr. Day Lee. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How you doing, Jason? I'm doing well, man. It's good to have you on the show, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Ah, thanks for having me, bro. I know, uh, you know, as any artist and entrepreneur, uh, you know, there's a lot of time dedication and a strict schedule. And so, uh, and I know you're a very busy man, but you know, you know, one thing I want people to do is to see, you know, because, uh, in artists in general, you know, I don't think there's too many out there who are doing just straight full-time music. 
Sure. And so I definitely want people to understand like the, the dynamics of, of your work life and how you got things going on. But uh, before we jump into all that, man, uh, I do want people to get to know you just a little bit better and maybe how you got started into music and, uh, and this entrepreneurship journey. Sure, man. So if I put it in a nutshell, uh, I'd say I started producing when I was in 11th grade and I was like 98. So a while ago, um, it was actually after practice, ball practice at high school, walked down to my uncle's home. He had a, a keyboard with a sequencer on it um, in Sonic. And uh, I just got caught the bug that day just with sequ- sequencing and layering different sounds and things of that nature. And that's kind of how I got started producing. And that's what I did first. It wasn't until maybe five years later that I actually started writing. Um, and I was all in Norfolk, Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia, where I'm from. Um, and then 2001, I actually moved to Charlotte, North Carolina um, to go to school. That's how I kind of got into the design aspect of what I do um, and actually where I was introduced to, I guess, my more notable production um, that I did for The Truth for his Faith album. Um, produced a few tracks on that and that did very well. Nominated for a Grammy, won a couple of others, I think a Dove and a Stella Award as well. Um, so that was my first real like placement. Um, but ever since then, I've just been producing, I mean, 90% of my own music released, uh, six projects to date, one album, I think a few, uh, mixtapes and a couple EPs. Um, so, so yeah, man, that's kind of in a nutshell, kind of how I got started. Um, again, started as a producer then started writing and producing for other people. Um, and honestly, a lot of my a lot of my production has been for myself. <laughs> right, right. Um, not to try to hog it, but and, and a lot of local artists here in Charlotte as well. You may have heard of Omega Sparks, Royal Zenwa. Um, I mean, I've done some other artists as well uh, within the Christian hip hop sphere. But um, that's kind of how I got it started in, in producing within the music realm um, in a nutshell. So how did the uh, how did the link up with the truth happen? Um, so out of school... I uh, started working for a company called the Inspiration Networks, um, kind of a television uh, network here in Charlotte. And we, you may remember this, we we used to have a show called Mixed Masters Lounge, which was catered directly to Christian hip hop. Um, and we it's pretty much like a 106 in Park. We would have our invite artists up, they would perform. We also have an inter, um, interview session and things of that nature. And um, I met him for the first time when he was in town for that, but also had a cousin who went to school with him. So it's kind of a, um, I guess, through two avenues, I ended up being introduced to him and actually met with him. And I kind of picked him up from the airport and all that jazz. And um, while he was here, I played, well, actually, he, he came over to crib. I played him some tracks and he, he grabbed a few from me. Um, it was funny because he grabbed them from me and I didn't hear hear any of the songs until they're ready to be released. Um, like shortly <laughs> after, you know, I found out, Oh, they got place. Okay. We need to sign some contracts. <laughs> and then the album was released, you know, maybe a, a couple of weeks later. Um, so that was interesting. Again, for me, you know, I was very new in it and honestly just doing it cause I enjoyed doing it. Um, but once I found out, I was like, okay, that's sweet. Because at the time I felt like, uh, you know, my opinion, the truth was like the only, 
for me and my generation, he was like the only stylistic, you know, cool rapper within Christian hip hop. Again, no, taking nothing away from cross movement and what they do, you know, I right, enjoyed right. them as well. But for my generation, it was like, okay, the truth, he's a guy. Um, so it was cool to get a few tracks placed up there. Um, and uh, that's kind of how that happened. I mean, funny story as well. I didn't even know that his project was, and then it just speaks to my ignorance as a producer um, at the time. I didn't even know that his, his album, you know, was nominated for a Grammy, won a Stellar, won a Dove. Um, I didn't even know what a, a Stellar or a Dove was at that time. Um, I didn't know that until maybe five years later when his manager told me. Um, so, I mean, on top of that, I was like, okay, sweet. I guess I can put that on my resume. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but which was, you know, it was cool. But at the same time, looking back at it, it was sad. It's like, yo, man, that could have done a lot for me in progressing my career as a producer. Um, if I had known that and I had used that in the right way, and that kind of inspires a lot of what I do today, whether it's in a mentorship, um, within the mentorship arena. So, so yeah, right, man, that's kind right. of how we met. Um, and, you know, I produced on, again, The Faith, as well as on Big Picture. Um, had a track okay. on there as well. That's awesome, man. Uh, and, you know, I, I feel like a lot of us, you know, encounter that. Uh, anybody who's in any type of creative field is, uh, you know, just learning as you go. Or just in anything in general in business, just learning as sure. you go. And uh, sure. so, you know, those lessons learned, though, those are the important things about, you know, teaching others and, like you said, mentorship. Yep. Uh, which is pretty incredible. So when did you actually, uh, when was your first project? Uh, when, when did you decide to do music yourself and, and get um, into that? I mean, from, say, a, from a songwriter. That's, yeah. That's a funny story as well, man. Cause I, I think when I met, um, truth initially, um, I was working on and actually finishing up my first album. This is like 2004, 2005. Um, and I played my first my first project for, I think it was his manager, his role manager at the time. And um, again, not, not putting any shade on them or their, their relationship. They gave me their honest feedback, and that caused me to actually start to take my music for granted. And it was like, yeah, that's cool. You should keep working on it. Maybe put this out as an EP. Um, so I would say 2004, 2005 is when I put together my first project. Before then, you know, I wrote various songs here and there just to perform um, as well. Right, right. And so your first was, uh, was it a me peer, uh, sorry, EP or mixtape first? Uh, I ended up releasing a mixtape first. It was called The Reason. Um, and that was in, I think, 2000, I think it was 2007. I released that, The Reason mixtape. Um, and then after that, I would say I released, I released the album that I had before the mixtape as an EP. It was called Love's Pain. Um, and that was a wrap. Honestly, I believe it was within the same year I did both of those. Okay. Okay. Now, when was, um, when did the entrepreneurial journey kind of kick in for you? Have you always been an entrepreneur? How did you, you yeah. know, what, 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 what was that like? Um, I would say at heart, man, I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, I mean, just personality wise and more of an introvert observant type guy. Um, you know, I love people, but at the same time it's like, yeah, I'm fine without having people around as well. So I've always been 
I, I say very focused and, and driven when it comes to what I want to do. Now, in your opinion, in your experience, would you say that entrepreneurship is something that is kind of, you know, in your bloodline or something that can be observed and learned over time? Um, I'd say yes and no, man. I think uh, it has a lot to do with exposure. Um, I think typically if you, you know, if you're born around people who have that entrepreneur spirit about them, you quickly pick that up and it can be transferred. Um, and, but I, and I only believe that's because you're exposed to people who think that way. Um, I think someone who's never been around that, but you know, whether it's through school or whether it's through, you know, meeting a new friend who's, you know, driven to think outside of the box and think outside of the box of, okay, I'm gonna get a job. I'm going to make some money and then I'm going to die. You know what I mean? I think, honestly, I feel like that, that's the sad reality of, a lot of people today to where they they are, I'll say, brainwashed into thinking that is the life you lead. You know what I mean? As Americans, it's okay. Let me get a good job. Let me work 40 hours a week. Let me get those, you know, those benefits. Um, and then, okay, I'll just do that for the rest of my life rather than, okay, what would I like to do? What do I need to do to be able to do that? Um, and again, that's the hard, that's the harder road. I think as Americans, it's made easy for you to get a 40 hour a week, um, job and then die. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I feel you on that one. So at what point in your life did you get introduced to designing as kind of another way to make sure you could supplement your income? So I actually, I wasn't introduced to, I guess, web design, which, you know, is that I've done for the past, you know, 15 years until, um, I guess a year after high school, I was studying architecture and drafting, um, in Norfolk, Virginia. And the art Institute actually gave a presentation about web design. And again, just to speak about exposure and how, you know, unless we're exposed to different things, you can't expect someone to think differently, but, uh, they gave a, a presentation about web design program they had. And to that point, you know, I typed my my class papers on a typewriter, you know, didn't have an email address and things of that nature. I know it sounds silly, but um, just, you know, I mean, growing up in the hood, you know, you don't have those things at the time in which I was growing up. Um, everybody has cell phones and computers nowadays, but we didn't have them um, until they gave a presentation. I hadn't even thought about the Internet and its impact and what I could do with it. Um, so that that exposure, you know, I automatically put the dots together like, OK, I love music. It ain't paying the bills. How am I going to do this? What can I do that I would love? I wouldn't hate going to the job and will be able to provide and allow me to do these things. So I already loved art. I was already into music. You know, I love everything creative. And I was like, OK, the Internet can do this. That's what it does. You know what I mean? Whether it's websites, whether it's YouTube, whatever it, it does, it brings all this together. So. So yeah, I left Norfolk, Virginia, came to Charlotte, um, and, and started to learn that. Uh, so again, it just speaks to whether it's entrepreneurship or what have you until, you know, you're challenged or you're exposed to those things. Um, really it, it makes sense why people, and again, it's not sh throwing any shots, anything like that. It makes sense why we're so comfortable waking up every day, working a 40 hour, um, a week job. And then dying, you know what I mean? Yeah. Why yeah. we don't 
challenge ourselves or think outside of the box of what the norm is. Um, so that's kind of what, or one of the things that kind of kickstarted me, um, of course, being around my family who had businesses, but also just being exposed to the internet and website and web design and what that could be, um, early 2000s. Yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, you know, we can either figure out a way to make a living work for somebody else doing that to, to survive, mm-hmm. but it's almost like modern day slavery. Sure. And, yep. um, and you know, and, and I think a big part of that is just, you know, don't be such a consumer driven society, but mm-hmm. you know, that's a whole other topic. But, um, but yeah, you sure. know exactly what you're saying, you know, finding what you're, uh, what you love doing and then finding a way to supplement the income to be able to do that and still survive. And, um, for sure. Speaking of that, you know, if you don't mind sharing, what are the different streams of revenue? Because you're not just an artist, but what are the different streams of revenue that you have that, that enables you to still do music and, and do what you're passionate about? Um, so I, again, I design, I do graphic design, I do web design. Um, and those are really the core two outside of the music arena. Um, that kind of keep the lights on and allow me to, I guess, be a little bit more flexible um, within the music realm. So uh, I guess just to backtrack a little bit, um, straight out of college, got an internship, like I said before, with a company called Inspiration Networks. Um, they're, again, I guess you want to say an inspiring television network nowadays. <laughs> um, <laughs> Again, it was it was a great it was a great learning experience. They had a I mean a ton of talent used to work there, um, and also being a part of Mixmasters Lounge. I mean, again, there was nothing going on. Honestly, there's nothing going on today like it was going on. This is like ten years ago. Mixmasters Lounge was like the 106 in Park for Christian hip hop. All the whether it's Lecrae, whoever it was, Andy Minio wasn't even around at, at that time. Right. This was a place everybody came, did interviews, did a performance in studio performance. It was like top notch. Um, so that's where I got my feet wet as a web designer, um, but also was exposed to all these different mediums as well. And then I worked there like seven years. And again, I'm not speaking of something that I've been per- perfect at as an entrepreneur. It's like, okay, I, it, it served a purpose, you know what I mean? Whether it was learning or getting experience. Um, and then seven years of that, ended up getting laid off, and I really started to get my feet wet in entrepreneurship, kind of forced to. Um, and I just worked various contracts, design, web design-wise, as well as just doing my thing as daily, doing various gigs. Um, did that for like nine months, and then I worked for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association for four years, up until two years ago, doing web design. Um, but also there, and I, I guess I'll speak about this because I think this is important when it comes to exposure. And I think the second most important thing, if not the first, is relationships. Um, I was able to uh, build a lot of good relationships with people there within the ministry. Um, also able to, uh, I think it was 2015, um, I did all of their domestic, uh, what they call festivals, whether it's with Franklin Graham or with Will Graham. Um, arena tour pretty much in the United States I did with them as an artist Um, and also speak to that like once I got that job at Billy Graham my boss because I guess during the nine months that I was self-employed 
Um, I started to do vlogs and just talking about, okay, my journey as, okay, an artist. Um, and I guess just the struggles of, okay, need to pay my bills, <laughs> but at the same time, how to, I guess, motivate myself and how to stay focused on what I, I believe God was calling me to within the music arena. Um, and my boss caught one of those things or my new boss that I didn't know at the time and Billy Graham caught one of those things. And once I, he hired me, he was like my biggest cheerleader because of those vlogs and seeing a young man focused on, okay, what he believed God called him to. And, um, just being so focused. So through that, you know, he, I mean, I was able to, again, able to be a, a part of, uh, the 2015 arena tours and celebrations and festivals with Will and Franklin Graham. Um, uh, so, I mean, I left two years ago because I just sensed that like with my prior job at inspiration networks that hey, God wanted to continue to stretch me, um, and not allow me to become complacent. Because in a way, I, I become complacently comfortable right, right. Uh, with the job. So I stepped away from that. And I just I still do contracts with Billy Graham um, as well as right now. I'm, I do some contracting for a startup called Vertigo. Um, it's, and it's actually available in app stores now. We launched an app um, in a nutshell that it's a social media network that allows you to connect your streaming platforms like Spotify or Apple Music right now. And you can listen as well as broadcast in real time what you're listening to, allowing huh. you also to overlay like video. You can overlay a voice message as well as people can just chat just like, you know, any other. You know, if you went Instagram live, you can do all those things that you do on Instagram. But it it all centers around legally streaming music. Um, so. Yeah, that's that's a, another startup that um, I'm doing some contracting with, doing design with them, as well as I, just, I came on more in a marketing role, uh, trying to rally influencers to be a part of the, the platform. So, right. so yeah, man, that's, again, it's more on the design, graphic, web design, as well as some, some marketing here and there. Right. And, and I'm actually, as you were talking about, I just jumped on my phone to, to check it out. Is it Vertigo Music Share Life? Yep. Okay. Cool. Exactly. Cool. And you Vertigo and, music. And you helped design the actual app itself. I didn't design the app. So once you get in there, um, there are profiles. I have a profile as well under daily. There are all access profiles and it's pretty much a more robust, um, profile than the typical user, but for influencers that allow them to post music post videos and things of that nature. So I designed specifically those all access profiles for the influencers. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So speaking of apps, you, uh, you do have your own app. Um, yep, I do. So, uh, can you talk about what it was like? I mean, what made you decide to do an app and, um, and use that to kind of, uh, you know, kind of share what you're doing with your, your artistry career. Um, yep. how was that like? Yeah, so I guess the motivation behind it, man, and again, it speaks also just to my passion for mentoring younger artists like me, you know, not knowing what a Grammy meant and only learning about it five years later and not really <laughs> knowing how to use that to my benefit. I want to help other artists understand what they're doing and how to do it, because I believe, you know, if I had to overcome a hurdle 
uh, say, let's use the example of how do I put my music on iTunes? You know what I mean? It's like, okay, there's no reason why the Knicks artist should have to learn that lesson the same way you did. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so for the app, my motivation was the thing of really knowing the facts about social media. I mean, social media is like the main platform that artists and influencers use to make people aware of what they're doing, how they can get their product and things of that nature. But I think something that artists are not as aware of is the fact that how these algorithms affect them actually reaching their fans. Um, So to use an example, you know, say you have a thousand followers on Instagram. Um, these algorithms actually limit you to only reaching, honestly, 10 or a little bit less than 10% of those fans. So only, say, 100 of them see that content. Of course, all 100 aren't going to like it. So if you have 1,000 fans, and the reason why you're probably only getting, um, say, 50 as the medium likes on your post is because only 100 people are seeing it. You know what I mean? So as an indie artist, it's like, no. I work hard for those thousand followers. Why are you limiting me being able to reach them? Yes, I can pay you, but what sense does that make as a business owner for me to pay you to reach the the thousand people that I work hard to get into my Rolodex? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so, so I believe just as artists, we don't understand that, and we're steadily giving them content to run their business that they're making ad ad dollars off of but we're not seeing anything from. So I launched my app to where um, it would allow me to, again, create my own community. I could do the same things within my app. I can post videos, I can post pictures. I can actually, I post all my new music within my app first. So anybody who's a part of my app community, you hear my music before it's even released to the public, as well as my music videos, I release them first there. So it's a thing of, Creating a space that, one, I own my relationship with my audience. If I have a 1,000 people in my app, I can reach all a 1,000 of them, whether that's via push notification, whether that's via sending text messages directly to my fans or voice messages. I own that relationship rather than uh, Instagram or Facebook owning that relationship. Um, And that's, again, as a business person, that just makes sense. Um, as well as just, I think, just being a good steward of the people that um, God has allowed me, my music to connect with. So, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, man, that kind of, that kind of influence at the core why I was like, okay, I need to create, whether it was an app, whether it's, you know, uh, email list, I needed to create some type of way to own that relationship and not allow, allow someone else to stipulate who I can reach and who I can't reach. And I think it's awesome uh, the way the schedule worked out because on my last podcast, I was talking about building your own platform. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what this app is. It's your platform that you own, that you control. You don't have to worry about yep. algorithms. And um, yep. it, it's, it's, to me, it's like a more sophisticated email list. Uh, only people yeah. don't, you know, when people go to your app, they're looking for your content. Exactly. And so it makes it that much more um you know, valuable to especially super users. uh, Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's, that's who the app is, is targeted towards. I mean, someone who just like stumbles upon my music, more than likely they're not going to download my app unless they're like really into, I love daily or I love his vision. You know what I mean? So, I mean, again, I would rather have a hundred 
super fans than to have 10,000, you know, fly by night. Yeah. yeah, he's cool guy type guy, you know what I mean? And be able to connect with that, you know, 100 super fans at a real, real level and honestly rally them around what I believe my next step is. And that's kind of what my app is all about. It's like, okay, yeah, numbers are cool, but the quality of those numbers are even more important to me right now. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, having, you know, 10 million followers on Twitter is nowhere near as valuable as having a hundred people that actually dialogue with you and exactly follow what you're doing because 10, exactly. 10 million, and again, those, those numbers, those numbers can be legit. And that's what I'm saying. Not everybody is buying followers. I mean, there's, there's people who have those, you know, a thousand or millions of, and you look, look at Justin Bieber. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he has millions of followers. You know what I mean? Right. And more than likely. I mean, I don't know for sure, for sure, but more than likely he has legitimately that many people who follow him, but look at his interaction. It's only that 10% or a little bit less interaction. And I mean, this isn't just a indie problem. This is a, you know, whether you're a sign artist, this is, this is period. This is the platform and this is how it works. Um, which again, from a business standpoint, is like, that makes no sense. You know what I mean? Why does, why does iTunes know a hundred percent of who buys your album, but you don't? Yep. Data. Your label doesn't know that. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, but iTunes, they have that information. You know what I mean? Um, so from a business standpoint and being able to, uh, I guess be self-sufficient, it just doesn't make sense. It makes perfect business sense. You just create something that will make you money and that's exactly what they've done. So I'm just in the mindset of, okay, let me create something that will allow me to sustain, you know, it may not be the numbers that you would ultimately want, but if the quality is there. Right. Right. And how did you, um, I mean, did you design the app? How did the app in itself, uh, come to fruition? So actually the startup I work for vertigo, they acquired this technology from another company and it's pretty much a fan app type platform. Um, when it comes to design wise, it's, it's pretty simple. It's templated to where, you know, when it comes to the photos used and the colors used, yes, I designed that. But from a technology standpoint, the technology already exists. Gotcha. I just slapped the skin on it for myself. Um, so. so it's almost like a Squarespace website or? Uh, no, it's, it's, not that, it's not that easily reproducible. Um, we, don't have a, we don't have a platform where, hey, I just want to sign up for this. It's not that type of oh, thing. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-mm. So do, yeah. do you know of, um, I mean, what, what would be a way for an artist to, you know, if they wanted to try to do an app themselves, what would be some of the steps you would uh, kind of give them to take? Um, honestly... Because of its cost, and if you're a newer artist, actually, and it sounds funny coming from me, somebody who has an app, from a cost-efficiency standpoint, this was probably not your most cost-efficient way to, to start. I would actually recommend, okay, if you don't have a website, get a website and start an email list. Um, that is where I would start. The content within my app, okay, you will now just email that to your your members of your email list um and honestly i don't know if i was to try to recommend a app um company to get started with i actually don't know of any companies that reproduce apps like this for you know random people 
Um, there used to be a couple of app companies, but it seems as if they've gone out of business um, and they were more targeted to your Justin Bieber's um, and that type of artist. So as an indie artist, I will honestly say focus on your email list. And there's various tools, whether it's your own website or whether it's a, I think Bandcamp does it as well to where, okay, in order for you to download this, you have to get your email address as well. And also just as a tip, within the Christian hip hop community, of course, Rapzilla is kind of king online. Um, and I'll tie this into the exposure thing or knowing um, or the mentorship of knowing how to make the best of your opportunities. If you send a free download to a Rapzilla, they're getting emails from everyone who downloads that song. You need to make sure you request that, okay, every person who downloads, I need, I need a copy of these email address. And this will go into your own email, um, your own email list as well. So again, I would say start off with the email list. Yeah, I was watching an interview. It's actually the interview that made me want to uh, reach out to Odd Thomas from Humble Beast for an interview. Mm -hmm. And he was talking to an artist, an up-and-coming artist at the time. I think it was Brother 3. And he was mm -hmm. talking about how he had a project on Rapzilla.com for a free download. And mm -hmm. Odd Thomas was like, are you getting the data from that? And he said, well, no. He said, big mistake. <laughs> he said, you right. always want to make sure you're getting those emails. Always. Right. And um, exactly, and he was even saying how, you know, the song itself isn't as valuable as ten email addresses from the free download. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was interesting myself. He was saying that the actual data is more valuable because booking for tours and all that stuff, exactly. like that's where your actual money will come in from. Exactly. I mean, honestly, I keep saying this over and over again. Like my heart is one of wanting to mentor and help these artists because a lot of the things I've learned, I've learned and then turn around and figure out, oh man, someone in my circle or one step outside of my circle actually had this answer. And I didn't have to take a year for me to learn this. I could have just asked this person, you know what I mean? And whether it's, they just did not speak up or I didn't ask the right questions is like, man, that could have really helped me a ton. Um, so things such as knowing that, okay, they're collecting email addresses and they're collecting them on the strength of the song that you've given them. Therefore you have value to them and you should be getting that data as well. Just knowing that allows you to, to see that you have leverage in this is not just a thing of, Oh, please put my song on your site <laughs> again. They need your music. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you have leverage and you should be getting that information. But even outside of, you know, a, a platform such as Rapzilla, it, it also just communicates that, man, you need to be doing this yourself. And your music, as as much as, you know, it's glorified, oh, he had that song, that was a hot song, whatever. It's like, okay, cool, but what is that song doing for you? People don't really, money is not made off of music anymore. Um, and I, it's funny, I was watching an interview with uh, Will I Am, who's a super smart dude. Again, if you want to learn some stuff about the music industry, I would say search for interviews from this guy. Um, <laughs> Will I Am, or also a guy who's really influenced me, is Ryan Leslie. Um, a lot of people don't know about Ryan Leslie, but Cassie, you know, sold a million records because of Ryan Leslie. And not just because of his producing talents, but because of his technology um, experience and talents. Um, 
And again, just Google that. You'll you'll, you'll learn. YouTube it. You know what I mean? You'll learn about that. Um, but Will I Am was talking about, hey, I think as artists, we have this misconception that, you know, uh, selling music is the key. And he was just talking about how the, the music industry began. It's like, no, it started, you know, the 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 will to will that started from um, some old military uh, technology, you know, whether it's recording um, phone conversations and things of that nature. So we started using for music. And even from the beginning, we were creating music or the industry was creating music to sell products, whether it's selling cotton nail toilet tissue or selling, you know, you know, whatever it may be, whatever product. And he was like, you know, I believe as a community and as artists more specifically, we are under this impression that I'm going to make some music and I'm going to make a million dollars. And it's like, no, music is more of a tool to advertise yep. other products. <laughs> you know what I mean? Make a song, but also think about, okay, beyond this song, what am I doing that I want to make people aware of? Or what am I selling that I want to make them aware of? Not just the record, but also whether it's merchandise, whether it's okay, yeah, I'm having a tour, whatever, you know, your 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 song is a easy in to make people aware of these other things. So I think a lot of times the typical artist doesn't think about that. You know, I just have the song, I want to get a radio play, blah, 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 but they don't think about, okay, what are you pointing people to? Other than the message. Yes, the message is good. And I think within Christian hip hop is even worse because, you know, again, the message is very important. I think that should be at the core of why we do what we do. But at the same time, let's say, and I'll use my experience with Billy Graham as an as a example, they just don't go in and throw these crusades with thousands of people. They go ahead, they set up partnerships with the churches in the town, they have this crusade, and then they plug them into those churches. And I think the same model can be used with music. It's like, okay, you have this song, but what are you looking to plug people into after they've listened to this song? Because it can't just be the song, right? Right. Um, so, and again, that's 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 both missional and business sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And touching on that, man, that's extremely important because I think a lot of times, you know, whether it's new believers or people who are believers and just not in the church, you know, they look to music to disciple them, mm -hmm. uh, which is an ineffective discipleship program. You know, it's not meant to be sure. a program. <laughs> and uh, and so exactly. that definitely. Um, you know that definitely makes a lot of sense and uh, it's very true very true and so i uh, i wanted to uh hit on you you've mentioned mentoring several times do you have like a current mentorship program or uh current people you're mentoring um so i'm actually in the process of relaunching yes i i do mentor artists so um i say two years ago i after releasing my album reflect um, I also launched a online mentorship program called Reflect Nation. Um, and I'll say that I ended up having to, in a way, shut that down just because of time commitments with other things. But I'm in the process of relaunching it because it's still a extreme need. Um, there's just so many, again, I'll say excited artists walking around that have no idea of how to really do what they want to do. Um, so whether it's artists that I work with, say Royal Zenwa, that I have a good relationship and, and just lending my expertise to him just within a business sense and mentoring him, as well as a lot of the Justice League that's here in Charlotte, North Carolina as well. Um, actually, I had a good 
I mean, it wasn't a strictly Reflect Nation meeting, but um, we had an opportunity to come up with a local radio station who wanted to start spinning um, Christian hip hop. Um, and we, you know, I rallied all these artists together and just sat down with this this personality to want to start this. And we just had an opportunity to, OK, this is what you're trying to do. I want to give these artists an opportunity to ask you questions, because a lot of times I think not having the opportunity to ask questions leads you to have incorrect assumptions and make bad decisions. So yeah. what the mentoring I do is all about, OK, I'll lend myself as someone who's been doing this for a while to where, you know, you can get in contact with me anytime. You can ask me questions. I also post blogs here and there specifically, whether it's about marketing, whether it's about creative, whether it's about creating relationships, booking a tour. But at the same time, every month I would bring in, bringing, bring in someone who's active within the, whether it's the music industry. So um, starting off, uh, one of the guys I um, had in on an interview with all the Reflect Nation members as a part of the, this interview was a guy named um, Eric Hodge, who used to run PR at, um, man, what is the name of this record label? Uh, Collision Records, I believe it was. Um, he used to do marketing over there at Collision. And I was like, okay, you know, the first 30 minutes of the, the time, you know, I asked, specific questions but the latter 30 minutes was like okay this is your opportunity as members of reflect nation ask this guy questions right right be specific get these answers so you don't have to walk away ignorant and make these same mistakes um so so yeah in a nutshell i started reflect nation and my hope is that before the end of um 2018 i actually relaunched that um and again I mean, it's much easier for those who are in Charlotte, but at the same time, it's all online. So we have these Google Hangouts where we have the interviews as well as, you know, I post content and it's all membership based. There are certain things that are free to the public and certain things are locked down where you have to be a member, a paying member, and um, you can access these things. And those interviews are members only as well. Right, right. Yeah, those, uh, I mean, Q&As in general are extremely important, you know, because you could find information online all day, but sure. being able to get clarification and, and people answering your questions, like that's where, that's where the real value is. And, you know, yep, looking yep. at, you know, people in the secular world, like, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, where, you know, he pre mm -hmm. pretty much only does Q and A's now, <laughs> you know? Gotcha. And so, uh, so definitely I would encourage people to check that out. Um, when that becomes, an, when, when that does become available, where would people be able to check it out at? Yeah, so real simple, just go to reflectnation.com. Um, and actually, while we're talking about right now, I'm going to, because I am a web designer, I can do this quickly. Uh, by the time this airs, you guys will be able to sign up for more information. Um, again, right now, it's, it's not active, but within the next few months, I'm looking to relaunch. So you can go ahead and sign up for that. But also, I mean, to stay in contact with me, I would say just download the app. Um, the daily app and you can just go to my website dae-lee.com and you have a link to download it for android or ios cool deal now uh before we go man i know i know we just talked about q a but uh but mm -hmm. i would love to see if you could just give a couple of pointers for uh artists out there for anybody trying to dive into the entrepreneur space which i think mm -hmm. artists do need to have an entrepreneurial mindset um sure because that's where, I mean, honestly, in the music industry, it's the people behind the scenes that make the most money. It's not the people on the sure. stage. 
Um, sure. But anyway, man, there's just a couple of like, you know, some of the most important things you could think to share, uh, you know, in, in a shell as best you can. What would be some of the top things you would recommend people do? I don't know, books to read or anything that you would uh, just kind of point people to before uh, we, we get off this? Um, I would say, I would say the most important thing to do, man, is to value relationships. Um, what I know and what I've done at the core of it is all based on relationships. I think a lot of times as artists, we can become disconnected because ah, I'm the guy on stage, I'm rapping or whatever, and I'm in this category. But at the same time, like you said, the important people you never see. Um, so you want to, I think you want to create, you want to make sure you keep yourself open and have a humble posture to where you can create opportunities and relationships, genuine relationships, not I want to use you for something, but genuine relationships wherever you go. If you have a gig, all right, the green room is nice. Be out there with the people. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's important. You never know, again, not for the sake of what they can do for you, but you need to create those relationships. And, I, and you never know what you can learn from somebody you meet. Um, and, I mean, even to add to that, today is much different than it was 10 years ago. There's a ton of information online. Don't make ignorant decisions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> research, research, do do whatever you can. You know what I mean? Listen and always have a posture, again, a humble posture of I need to learn. Um, I don't know it all. You don't know it all. And I think we need to continually be seeking to learn. Um, so I would say, again, focus on your relationships and remember that you, there's always something new you need to learn. Yeah. And I would just to piggyback off of that in my statement earlier about information being out there, make sure it's accurate information. Um, right. Everybody has an opinion. <laughs> make sure it's, it's non-biased actual data information. Cause there's a lot of stuff out there, you know, like the debate between buying and streaming and, and, and all that stuff. Uh, yep. look for non-biased information best you can. For sure. And I think even relationship plays directly into that. I mean, if you have relationships with people that you trust, you can bounce that information you're getting from online off of them. You know what I mean? And hopefully you're building relationships within the realm in which you're trying to pursue. If you want to be an artist, get it, get within the realms of different artists. Learn, you know what I mean? Um, if you're trying to be a producer, get around other producers. Um, whatever you're trying to do, you need to surround yourself with those type of people and those type of environments. That'll only help you grow, grow faster. That's it. That's it. Well, daily sure, man, man, I appreciate it again. Uh, make sure y'all get the app. Uh, it's available Android, iOS, and yep. uh, is it, you said daily.com. Yeah. Daily.com. D A E dash L E E.com. Once you go there, that'll be first thing you see a couple buttons, click on your preferred device and you can download. Yep. Yep. And if you're interested in the mentorship program, come in reflectnation.com. Is yep. that everything? Reflectnation.com. That everything, man? That is everything, man. Um, I'm doing other things, but yeah, I think this has been a good conversation, bro. Appreciate it. And I appreciate it, man. And, uh, you know, just the, the time you took out to do this, uh, I'm sure the artists out there appreciate it. I've had a lot of artists reach out to me trying to get advice and stuff. So this would be a, a really good interview for them. And, um, cool. and yeah, man, until next time, man, I'm looking forward to seeing what you got coming, man. Uh, thank you, bro. Appreciate it, Jason. Alrighty, that was the interview with Daily. 
I uh, hope you got some good stuff out of that. It was a, a really good interview. I appreciated it. And so, and he's a North Carolina artist. So in a way I'm supporting my local business, uh, which I'm very, uh, very big on, uh, supporting your local business and supporting Christian owned businesses. It's my favorite things to do, uh, in the business realm myself personally. So it was pretty cool to be able to talk to somebody right here within the state. And so anyway, uh, I hope that was helpful for you. Make sure you hit me up and let me know if you enjoyed it. If you have any ideas for somebody for me to interview, uh, you know, to contact me in general, you can go to businesswithbordeaux.com and everything is there. My blog postings, uh, all my podcast and some, you know, there's some, some news and stuff up there. Some other things on the website that might be able to help you, uh, in getting started in your journey and, uh, into the business you want to start creating. And make sure you're hitting up truestrengthapparel.com, one of the patrons for the show. I appreciate Aaron. I appreciate what he does. I appreciate what he tries to represent with his clothing brand. And so make sure you go there today and get yourself a True Strength shirt or a Stay Strong shirt. Uh, either one of those. I love both of them. And, uh, and I'll be getting me a Stay Strong shirt pretty soon myself. And so, and also again, shout out to track stars. Thank y'all so much for supporting the show. And, uh, don't forget there's other shows, a part of the podcasting or uh, the track stars podcasting network. So check out debate fuel and check out, uh, the clean ears podcast. So those are two other, uh, shows here, a part of this brand, and I'm glad to be a part of the team with them. And so if you want to become a patron for the show, you can do so at businesswithborder.com. Don't forget Everything uh, with this brand affiliated is there at that website, businesswithbordeaux.com. And until next time, when I'm able to bring you some helpful and some great information, hopefully, <laughs> I hope you have a great week. Thanks and God bless.